This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this bonus episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Jim. Before we get to Richard and his review of his 10-night Southern Caribbean sailing on Gem, a couple of things. Cruise Radio News are daily quick hits of the news. In fact, there was one out earlier today, Monday through Friday. Just search Cruise Radio News uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Also, our Cruise Radio YouTube channel have a lot of new videos up, a walking tour of Celebrity Summit, and a couple of other new ones up there. That's Cruise Radio on YouTube. We'd love to have you over there. Richard just returned from a 10-night cruise aboard Norwegian Cruise Line's Norwegian Gym out of New York City. It went to Antigua, San Juan, St. Lucia, St. Thomas, and St. Martin, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, man. So give us some pre-cruise thoughts. It's like you return to the gym like a moth to a flame every single year. It's true. This uh, I did this almost this exact same itinerary last year. It was a little bit different. We didn't go to San Juan and instead of St. Martin, we went to St. Kitts. But uh, that was last year was my first 10 day. And I really loved it so much. I had to go back. And the gem is is one of those great ships that it's older um, and it's a midsize ship. But it's just it's a it's a great ship. Yeah, I, I have it written down here. Um, actually, I spelt Jim G.Y.M. But I said, uh, what is it about the gem that you really like that keeps you coming back? Well, let's just face it. I haven't been to the gym in a while. I wish I had hit the gym more often on that trip. Um, you know, I think one of the things I really love about the midsize ship, and especially this one, is it's a more intimate experience. You know, you really you have a chance to actually get to know not only your fellow passengers, but the crew. True story. I was wandering through. They have an area on the gym that they call Bar City. And a member of the bartending staff came up to me and said, oh, Mr. Richard, it's so nice to see you. I'm sorry I'm not in the casino this trip. She had actually, on the previous trip, taken care of me. She was like she was like working as a um, as a waitress in the casino. And several nights when I was doing a lot of gambling, brought me drink after drink and made sure I had water. And she at one point brought me a plate of food because I had spent so much time at the machine. And she remembered me. Like she actually sought me out and found me. And I think that's really rare. But it is the kind of thing that I've had ex- experience with more than once on the gem. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, they see thousands of people a year. Do you think the cruise line tips them off saying, hey, Richard's coming back. He was on here and spent a lot of money. Or do you think they just have that good of a memory? No, I think they have a really incredibly uh, incredible memory. And I think it really depends also, you know, yes, that had been a year ago, but it had also been 10 days. And, you know, I spent a lot of time in the casino. So and and I, I tend to be a, a good tipper and I like to interact with them. I don't just like say, you know, hey, bring me a drink. I, I, I interact and I chat with them. So I don't think they remember every person who's ever been on the ship. But I think they do. You know, you do have a chance to actually make an impression and bond with with people. So you live in Manhattan and you made your way while well, walked over to the cruise pier. How was embarkation? Easy. Um, I mean, I, I had booked this trip through the casino. So uh, they have a separate line at the Manhattan Terminal for the casino. And actually, also, because I arranged the uh, meet and greet on the ship, I was taken from the casino line immediately over into the concierge area. And they took care of me there. And I got I actually got concierge treatment through the whole um, journey, which was really nice and, and a nice little perk. 
Would that be a tip to offer? Like if you want to get that concierge service to organize the meet and greet, or does that vary by ship? It really does vary by ship. In fact, I have done meet and greets on other ships. I've talked to people who've done them on other ships, and it's very rare these days. I know the gem still does it, but I don't know a lot of ships that do. It just, for whatever reason, they still do on the gem. And it's it's an awfully nice perk because it allows you to um, have breakfast and lunch in a private restaurant with the suite guests. And I actually had friends who were staying in suites. So it's it's a nice little perk. I know you're sailing on Getaway in a couple of weeks. Uh, did you arrange the same kind of thing? I did not. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if we're having a meet and greet on this one. It's a, the, That one's going to be a really quick four-day trip just down to Bermuda and back kind of down mm-hmm. and dirty. So I don't know if anybody's even arranged one. I know I didn't want to just coming off this one. I put a lot of work into these and it just did not feel like I wanted to do it again so yeah. quickly. I don't blame you. So you make your way. Uh, actually, how long? So you did that like priority embarkation through the concierge line, like from uh, curb to ship. How long did it take you? Oh, minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I walked in, they put me in the concierge lounge. They and, and in the concierge lounge, they gave you everything they gave you. You know, if you had chore excursions set up, they gave you your stuff there. If you had um, because I booked through the casino, they had my my casino card and everything. So they just they handed me everything and escorted me right on the ship. I was on the ship in, you know, five, six minutes. They're ready for you to spend money. They were ready. (laughs) Definitely were ready. They saw me coming. Just for the people who haven't uh, heard any of your past reviews on Gem, uh, what were your first impressions walking on board the ship? The Gem is a nice ship. Unlike the breakaway class ships, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. When you walk on the breakaway class ships, they don't make the best first impression because you walk on and you're in kind of a hallway. With the Gem, you walk in and you're, um, you're there in the atrium. Um, so it makes, a, it makes a nice first impression. Uh, the one bad impression that the Gem makes when you first walk on during embarkation, and this is true of a lot of ships, is – the elevators are a madhouse. You know, everybody's getting on board and everybody wants to to go wherever they want to go. And they're all at the elevators. And you immediately hear people begin complaining about the elevators. You know, by day, by day two, when everybody has sort of or even later that day, when everybody has sort of spread out, it's not a problem. But that first day, everybody trying to attack those elevators, it's kind of a madhouse. Mm-hmm. You make your way to your room. What kind of room did you book on this sailing and what did you think of it? I had a balcony room. Um, it was very nice. I will say if the, you know, this is an older ship and in some ways it shows. And one of the ways it shows is that it's kind of darker. Um, like the bathroom has very dark paneling on the walls. Uh, so, so the bathroom in particular is kind of dark. The back part of the room is a little bit dark. It doesn't have, not only does the ship not have the bells and whistles, but the room also doesn't have sort of the technology you might expect in a more modern ship. It doesn't have a really big TV. It has kind of a small TV. It doesn't have, I don't think there was a USB port anywhere in the room. There's only two plugs. So it's, it's not the most modern of ships, even after uh, the refurbishment it went through a few years back. Yeah, because I think it was uh, – I think I read it the other day, like 2015 maybe it got refurbished. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. Were you on an aft balcony this time or just a regular I was not one? On an elf, I was not on an aft balcony. Okay, so this, just a regular balcony. This time. I did have friends who were on an aft balcony and it was huge and amazing. My balcony was normal size. It's a, The balconies on this ship are a little bit bigger than the breakaway class. You know, the breakaway class are kind of notoriously very small balconies. This is a little bit bigger than that. Plenty of room in the room because, of course, I was traveling by myself, as I usually do. So so I certainly didn't have any complaints. 
but you know, I try and when I'm when I'm in these rooms, I try and look at it and say, okay, what if there were a couple of us here? And you know, it'd be real easy to have people in there. There was there was plenty of closet space. Your suitcase can fit under the bed, that kind of thing. True story. I actually was complaining about day four or five. I was complaining to one of the people on the ship that was traveling with me. I was complaining that there wasn't a mini fridge in the room, and I was really surprised because I was like, I remember my last room, which was an after facing balcony, had a mini fridge, and they're like. Richard, I'm pretty sure you have a fridge. I'm like, no, no, there's no fridge in the room. And sure enough, they come to the room and they're like, Richard, it's right there. It was like, it's weird because you know how many fridges are usually down on floor level in, in, in this room. And I don't know how many of the uh, state rooms are like this. It's, it's like halfway up the wall. It's built into the wall. So it looks like a circuit breaker or something. I thought it was, you know, one of those panels that you can't actually access, but no, it turned out that I did have a fridge and I was just an idiot. (laughs) Another weird design element about, about this, um, the gem of course was a ship back when you could smoke pretty much anywhere on the ship. You know, you could smoke in your on your balcony, you could smoke in your room. And the bathrooms on the gem, they still have ashtrays built into the wall. They're like these they're they're I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, that's a weird place to put a soap dish because it's right next to the toilet. It is clearly designed that you could sit on the toilet and smoke. So that was kind of weird. Yeah, I think one of the Cunard ships still have that as well. So it's, it's yeah. an interesting touch. Um since you travel alone or solo a lot, and you're getting these casino deals. Do they waive your um, like the, the solo supplement fee? That's one of the great things about booking through um, Norwegian's casino. I have a feeling this will stop sometime in the future, but right now, when I book through the casino, um, I generally don't have to pay that supplement. So, you know, for those who don't know, if you travel solo, you pay as if you're two people, just like you would in a hotel. If you checked into a hotel by yourself, you're going to pay the same rate you would as if you were two people, it goes on double occupancy. Um, so, but when you book through the casino, that is nice. I usually get, um, I don't have to pay the the supplement and they usually also, I get a discount. So it ended up, I got this 10 day trip for an amazing price. It was like something like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for a 10 day, for a 10 day cruise in a balcony. It was pretty sweet. Let's talk about dining on board, Jim. Uh, we'll start at the top at the Garden View Cafe, the buffet area. How was that? It was good. And I actually ate there more than I usually do. I've gone whole cruises where I never even like, I, I might breeze through the buffet just to see what it's like. But I actually ate there two or three times on this cruise because I ended up being in the casino and skipping my dinner. So I'd, I'd run up there and when I missed my reservation. I will say um, it's it's – you know, you sometimes hear people complain about the limited choices on a buffet, and I usually I usually roll my eyes at that because it just seems so ridiculous. It's a buffet. You'll find something to eat. And while you will find something to eat, this is this is a smaller buffet than I've seen on some of the other ships. And you do sort of start to see the same things day after day. You know, you've got the Hamburg station, and which is very popular, and you've got the salads, which are basically the same. There's a little bit of variation in some of the things, but not as much variety as I've seen on other ships. It's still great, and it's all very fresh. But you could definitely use some more options. The main dining room, they're really – how would you explain this, Richard? Is there a main dining room on Gem? Because I know that the newer Norwegian ships have like the mini main dining rooms. Yeah, there are are two main dining rooms on the Norwegian Gem. There is the Grand Pacific – 
and the other one whose name I can't remember at the moment, Magenta. (laughs) And they're pretty much the same. The Grand Pacific, I believe it is, is a little bit, I think the word they would want me to use is fancier. The word I'm going to use is it's a little bit gaudier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It has sort of this this mermaid statue that welcomes you. uh, And it's it's a beautiful space and it's it's got great windows. uh, But both main dining rooms are really efficient. They're large enough that they cycle through the people pretty quickly. Um, I never, I don't think I actually ate dinner there at all during the trip, but they do serve lunches in one of the main dining rooms. And I, and I sometimes like to have a nice sit down lunch because I tend to skip breakfast and I had great lunches, um, really, really good service, nice staff. As far as specialty restaurants, I know you're a big fan of Cagney's and the pork belly in there. Did you do it this time? Oh, please. Are you kidding? I had it like Three times, nice. four times. I'm uh, at least three times during the ten day sailing. I will say this: if you want to eat at Cagney's, especially on the midsize ships, make a reservation. And if you want to eat there on the last night, because a lot of people want to do something special on the last night, both Cagney's and Le Bistro, which is the French restaurant, book up really quickly for that last night. So definitely make. Even though you know Norwegian's big on the whole freestyle thing, you don't need reservations. If you want to eat in a particular restaurant on a particular night, definitely make a reservation, especially the last night. But we did Cagney's. Um, I did Le Bistro one night, which I thought I wouldn't like. I'm not really big on the French thing, but it was delicious. I didn't get to do teppanyaki, but I had friends who went to teppanyaki. And I will say this, if you're doing teppanyaki, make sure you go with a group of people and a fun group at that. Uh, They apparently ended up being seated with, it was the two of them with six other people who were no fun whatsoever. (laughs) And they said it really just completely changes the experience if you're sitting there with, you know, dead-eyed people who have no interest in being there. You know, one of the restaurants that I really love on Norwegian Gem is they have a restaurant called Orchid Garden. A lot of people skip it because they think it's um, it's listed as a specialty restaurant, but it is not for fee. It's included. It's it's complimentary, and it's it's a, a Japanese restaurant. Um, fu- I, I think they call it Japanese fusion or something. Um, and it is delicious. It has a limited menu, but it's a really, really good menu. And a lot of people skip it because of it. They see it listed under specialty. Hey, speaking of specialty, um, for one, did you do a dining plan? I always do. Okay. Um, the way it works on Norwegian, when you book, depending on the level you book, you get um, perks. Um, I got two perks with my balcony room. So I took the drink package, which I try never to travel without. And I took, I think I had... It was four nights dining, plus because I'm a platinum cruiser with – I hate people who do that. I hate people who drop like, you know, I'm a platinum level cruiser. (laughs) But it's important here. Because I'm platinum, it comes with two additional specialty um, restaurant meals. So I had a total of six over the course of 10 days. Are there boards around the ship on Jim that give you like the traffic light, the green, yellow, red for the occupancy of the restaurants or availability? There are. There definitely are. I will say the one thing that um, I had difficulty with was they have a reservations line that that you're supposedly can allowed to call and sort of you know switch reservations or make new reservations or whatever. I don't think I ever had anybody answer that line once. I tried calling several times to change reservations and never once did I get somebody to pick it up. But that said, 
I have, I had no problem just swinging by the restaurants and sort of, you know, talking to somebody there and, and changing my reservations as I, as I needed to. But yeah, they, 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 they definitely do the green, the red, the yellow. Can you make reservations on the app? Yes, you can. You can. Um, I don't think I did, but I think the people I was with did. I seem to remember one day when we were just like hanging out, playing cards or something that she was on her phone, you know, making reservations. So let's talk about the entertainment. How was it on this 10 night? It was good. They do not have one of the big shows on the Norwegian Gem. So they don't have like a a Mamma Mia or a Priscilla Queen of the Desert. They have more sort of the kind of things you'd find on um, Carnival, like almost like playlist productions. Uh, they have blazing sa- blaze not blazing saddles. That's a Mel Brooks movie. They have blazing boots, which is a country show. I didn't see it because I'm not really a big country fan, but I am told it was really rocking and a really good show. They had a comedian who was very very funny. They had a magician who you know not really my thing. But one thing that I have found on the Norwegian Gem that I think the I think all three of the last three times I've sailed. They have a special performer who is usually toward the end of the sailing. They do two shows on one night, and that's it. And they are singers. On this particular sailing, the performer we had was an amazing guy named, I want to say James Anthony, but I'm not 100% sure that's his name. He was just killer. He, He was a Vegas performer put on just a very funny show, but also just an incredible singer, did some opera. And one of the people I was traveling with um, speaks almost nothing but Italian and said his Italian was pretty close to dead on. But it was just, it was, it's not a show that runs on every cruise, but you know, the, the one before this, they had a performer named Tea Cake who was incredible. Uh, a lot of people kind of bypass them because they're like, oh, it's just like, you know, a, a singer, just a Broadway performer kind of thing. But they don't have, you know, a big production number. Sometimes they don't even have bands. They're singing to backtracks. But they are really phenomenal and worth checking out. Do you remember who the cruise director was? The cruise director was a woman named Lorena. I don't remember her last name, but I will say that she was one of the best cruise directors I've ever had. She was everywhere she did everything from the um i never go to things like you know the sexy legs contest or the um miss norwegian gem contest but when she was hosting i was there she was that entertaining that that i just had to go see everything she did she um she did the deal or no deal she was everywhere you know some cruise directors you don't see so much you hear them on the morning announcements and you might see them at a couple of events but their staff really takes care of a lot of the things around the ship. Lorena was everywhere. Um, she is from uh, Chile, as she likes to say, and she's very funny and very personable, very willing to like you know get her picture taken and stuff. Just just one of the best I've ever had. You know, there are a few cruise directors really that are even like that out there. Like for me, like Matt Mitchum on Carnival yes, Vista. Matt he's, Mitchum. He's one. Yeah. Like I don't care if he's hosting a debark talk. <laughs> I'll go in there just to. To watch him and interact with the crowd and cut jokes because he's just kind of, you know, someone you always want to be around. Completely agree. And that's exactly how Lorena was. I, I found time to go and talk to her at one point because I really wanted to let her know that, that you know, I, I, I'm kind of picky about cruise directors. I, I, there are certain cruise directors I don't really like. There are others that I think are okay. She was, yeah, she was a Matt Mitchum type where you definitely wanted to be there when she was putting on a show. How was the smoking situation in the casino since you spent so much time there? 
heavy, really heavy. And, you know, right outside the casino on this ship is what they call Bar City. Um, It's where you have the Shaker's Martini Bar, Magnum Champagne Bar, and Maltings, which is the kind of beer and whiskey bar. Now, (laughs) they, they all have individual names, but they're all right on top of each other. And they all serve, you know, whatever you order. So it doesn't really matter. But they call it Bar City. And um, outside it is where you enter for Le Bistro. And it's also there's a seating area there because they usually have live music at night. And you can definitely the smell of the smoke definitely comes out into that area. Um, So it is it is pretty heavy. It's not the hugest casino and they do their best to ventilate it. But, you know, it's it, it can be pretty bad. You say they do their best to ventilate it. Certain times of the day, is it worse than other times of the day? You know, right around from about seven o'clock in the evening until probably about maybe midnight is when it's the worst. The theater, the Stardust Theater, empties out right outside the casino. So everybody comes out of the theater and whether they're just in there to have a cigarette, whether they're hanging at the bar smoking, whether they're gambling and smoking on some ships, they sort of enforce, you know, you can't smoke in the casino unless you're gambling or they won't let you smoke at the bar here. They really don't do that. So you can smoke pretty much anywhere in the casino. When the theater empties out and you get all those people in there smoking, it can be it can be pretty heavy. Talk to us about the sea days as far as crowds and congestion. I didn't really notice any problem with crowds. Um, I I like I said, on this trip, I did things that I don't normally do. I actually did spend time by the pool, which I almost never do. But I was traveling with a couple friends of mine, TJ and Adrian, who really enjoyed watching like the various shows by the pool. And since Lorena was hosting, I went. There were a lot of people and it was very enthusiastic, but it was never, you know, like I never felt like it was too crowded and not like I spent a huge amount of time there. I did notice the chair hogs. You know, if you get up at seven o'clock in the morning and you're going for a morning walk or going for your morning coffee, you'll see people have already put their stuff there. Um, I did see them doing some monitoring of that, though, as well. So I don't know for a fact that they, you know, took stuff and put it at the towel drop. But I do know that that there was somebody wandering around checking on that kind of thing. I will say they're also really good about opening the pools, you know, first thing in the morning. There were people who wanted to do morning laps in the pool before it got crowded. And that lifeguard was down there, you know, like 6.37 a.m. opening that pool up and and making sure that they were able to do that. I mean, the ship is like a 2,400 passenger ship, I believe. So, you know, during like the sea days, because you were on a 10-night cruise, so you had a couple of them. Um, how were the dining areas? You know, we never really had any problem. We had we had a couple times where we might have wanted a later dining reservation than we could get, so we, we ended up going earlier. Interestingly, the place I noticed the crowding the most is – Uh, especially on sea days, was two places. One is the atrium, because they do a lot of events in the atrium, plus there's a bar in the atrium. So on a sea day, it can get, you know, pretty crazy in there. The other place, especially as we were heading back, and, you know, when you're coming back toward New York City, you start getting into chillier weather, so people are spending more time inside. At the very front of the ship on deck, I think it's deck 10, is the Spinnaker Lounge. Very big, very nice lounge, great windows, gorgeous views, And they do a lot of events in there, things like bingo, um, deal or no deal. And those events, you wanted to get there early and you wanted to have a – if you wanted to have a seat because they got really crowded, especially the the end of the trip when you're having the bingo that gives away the free cruise so there's more people going to it. And it's colder outside so you have more people wanting to play. 
on this cruise, you did five ports of call. So give us the port and a highlight from each one. Okay. Um, San Juan, first time I'd ever been there. And I I kind of expected San Juan to be sort of run down. It was not. It was beautiful. We, um, we, we did a hike through old San Juan, went to the fort. <laughs> Funny story is we got to the fort at like 10 minutes to six, not knowing that it closes at six. And they were like, it's $10 to come in. And I didn't care. I was like, I'll pay the $10 for 10 minutes. I ran around taking pictures. I don't think I even knew what the fort looked like until later when I looked at the pictures. Uh, and and that was that was a real highlight. The, the fort is super cool. I wish I'd had more time to explore it, as was the Umbrella Street. You know, that's that's just a great place to go and take a, uh, uh, a fun, fun selfie and stuff. So that was San Juan. And it was – I really enjoyed it. I, I hope to go back and spend more time there. Uh, our next stop was St. Martin, another place I'd never been to. And there, um, I found a place called Burger Madness. It's on the beach. Uh, it is owned by this amazing woman named Sharon, uh, cool little beach bar right on the beach. Uh, and I intended to sort of sit there for a little bit, have a drink and then wander around. I ended up spending, probably four or five hours there talking to her, the rest of her staff, the, and she has this inspirational story about how she lost everything. The, 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 the restaurant was destroyed in the hurricane and they've been rebuilding ever since. And just burger madness, Sharon, if you're ever in, um, um, St. Martin, I can't recommend it enough. It's a, it's a really cool place. Uh, St. Lucia, I did the tour that you had actually recommended to me. You had done the, uh, causal tour, which for 70 bucks is an absolutely incredible tour. You go to the pitons, you go to the mud baths, you go stand under a waterfall. It's about five hours long. It is not for people who easily get car sick, but it's really incredible. And I can't thank you enough for having recommended that because that was probably the best 70 bucks I've ever, ever, ever spent on a shore excursion. So I'll be honest with you. I took this tour by accident. I was sailing with some friends and his wife got sick. So I saw them at breakfast the next morning and they're like, hey, we're bailing on the tour. There are two spots open if you want to go in our place. It's like $70 per person. You pay the tour operator. So I'm like, well, how long is it? He said three hours. I'm like, okay, sold. You know, just long enough for my ADD not to kick in. I get on the bus. They said it was going to be about five to six hours. I was freaking out. But looking back now, it was the quickest and best five or six hours maybe on that trip. The one warning I would have about it is that it is not for people who easily get car sick because you really do. I mean, you go up and down and around sharp corners and, you know, it's 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 pretty intensive when you're in the vehicle. I mean, they're nice vehicles and they're air conditioned and everything. And they only have like, you know, I think there were maybe 10 people in our group. One of the weird highlights that you don't expect is toward the end, they stop and they give you a huge hunk of fresh oven baked bread that they slice open and put fresh cheese in and you like close it up and let it melt for 30 seconds. And the weirdest it's, it's bread and cheese. How good can it be? It's like the best thing I've ever tasted. It was incredible. And you get free booze with that too. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You get free booze and they had great local beer. They had rum punch. Uh, it was, and, and there was also a lunch, like you stopped and had a full lunch of all these 
amazing locally prepared delicacies. It was it was an amazing tour. I cannot recommend it enough. So where'd you go next? Well, let's see. That was St. Lucia. So our next stop was Antigua. And um, I had been there um, the previous year and we found a place called Beach Limers, which we went back to again on this trip. Amazing spot. Um, it's It's got its own private beach. Uh, they have, you can either do pay one price for the day or you can do pay as you go. We had done pay one price last time. We decided to do pay as you go this time. The big difference being when you do the pay one price, they have a set menu that they feed you at lunch. And we wanted to order off the actual menu. We wanted to try some other things. So that was the main reason we did it. Um, but it's just, it's great. They have, you know, beach chairs right there on the beach. It's a long, beautiful beach. You're on the private end, but you can walk down about, oh, I don't know, maybe half mile, three quarters of a mile and visit the public beach. Um, there's no vendors. There's nobody to bother you. And it's it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous place, beach climbers. How far is that from the cruise pier? Uh, it took us probably – we met in um, – we met right in the middle of uh, downtown. And they, they gave us a very specific um, location. They arranged the transportation for us. The drive was maybe 10 minutes, I'm going to say. It wasn't it, – it's not a long drive. All right. And then um, – so that was what? Antigua and then what? Yeah, St. Oh, Lucia and next? St. Thomas. Oh, St. Thomas. Thomas. Which was – St. Thomas was a total waste. This is the second time that I've been on this itinerary. And the ship arrives at 7 in the morning. And leaves at one. So you have to be back on board at like, you know, noon. And there's just not much you can do in that time. Sure, you could go up to Paradise Point if you wanted to. Um, you could go to Charlotte and Molly and do some shopping. But, you know, a lot of stuff isn't open when you first get there. And if you want to do lunch, unless you're going to do lunch at like 10 a.m., you just don't have a lot of time. So I think I got off the ship for like 15 minutes. I, I ran into town, picked up a few things I needed, and got, you know, basically went to a CVS and got back on the boat. It's a ship, not a boat. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's a ship. Um, I can't believe so I did that. You make your way back to Manhattan after a couple of sea days. How was your debark? Debark was fine. I mean, I have... Um, I have I, I had priority disembarkation because of both because I had the concierge treatment and because I have um, because I'm platinum. So that was nice. They gather you in um, they gather you in the Stardust Theater and then they let you out from there. I also do self assist, which makes it a lot easier, as you know. I will say though that you know again, I see this on almost every single cruise I go on. They beg you. They virtually beg you, please do not start lining up at the gangway until, you know, your, your, your color or your number or your, you know, boarding zone, whatever is called. And nobody listens to that. And it becomes a madhouse and everybody gets mad that it's a madhouse, but it's their own fault because nobody listens. And it's, it's tough. I feel bad The the crew does their best to try and keep everybody in, in line. But even as we were making our way out, um, as priority disembarkation, we could just see that it was, you know, there were just, there were just people everywhere, despite the fact they had said, we're not starting to disembark for another 15 minutes. It's mm -hmm. so it was easy for me, but I felt bad for the people who had to actually go through the regular disembarkation process. You know, disembarkation is one of those things where cruisers, it's like you're, you're almost dealing with different people than you've seen the prior 10 days. 
Yeah, completely. I mean, I have vowed that on the next one I'm doing, you know, usually I am, I try and be one of the first people off because usually when I get back, I have to go straight to work. Mm -hmm. But this, this cruise I've got coming up, I come home on a Saturday and I have vowed that for the first time on any cruise I've ever done, I'm going to be one of those people who lingers and has breakfast and just like meanders off after everybody else is off the ship and not deal with any of that. When I was getting off Carnival Breeze um, down in Port Canaveral, there was this woman in a scooter, and the crowds were pretty crazy during debark, and she was just plowing through going, move it, move it, move it, like running over people like, woman, this is reality. You can't go around just hitting people with your scooter. Yeah, I, and I, I just – I see it all the time. I mean I think – the worst I've seen is on the mega ships. It's it can be, you know, I remember my very first full length cruise was on the Norwegian breakaway and disembarkation was so bad, so bad. Like I was sure people were going to get hurt because they're lined up on the stairs and they're just stuck there and they can't move and people are pushing. It was so bad. I vowed I would never do a mega ship again. Of course, I've I completely, you know, changed my mind. I've, I've done breakaway like four times since then. And I've you know been on other big ships, too. Yeah, disembarkation is just not – I always assumed that people would like linger and want to get off at the end. You know, you, you don't want to rush your vacation uh, over. But no, everybody wants off that ship the second it arrives in port. Looking back on this 10-night cruise, do you have any tips to offer? You know, relax. Uh, dis- you know, as best you can, disconnect. I will say um, the internet on this ship was really bad, really, really, really bad. I was surprised how bad it was. Um, I ended up having to buy more minutes, and and I had something I had to deal with at work. And I ended up um, – I remember I bought – I think I bought another 120 minutes, and I used 30 of them just trying to, like, get a decent connection so I could do my work. Really bad. But, you know, if you don't have to be on the internet the whole time, don't be. Uh, you know – don't don't necessarily i know they're going to hate me for saying this but yes they all have apps and you can use the apps to like you know look at your daily schedule and everything but there's something charming about the 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 daily paper they leave in your room and like highlighting it and marking it and i don't know i i kind of in some ways i wish i could go back in time and experience a cruise, you know, 20, 30 years ago um, and see what it was like, see what it was like before we all became so connected. The other thing I'd say is, as with any cruise, be flexible. You know, if you, for whatever reason, can't get into the restaurant you want at the time you want, try something else. Try some, You will never go hungry. Try something different. Um, Ocean's, the, the, the free place that's um, the pub, has great food options. I, I ended up eating there at three in the morning once because it's open 24 seven. And I was shocked at how good the food at three o'clock in the morning was. So, you know, just, just relax and enjoy it. Do you think the cruise lines will ever get rid of that daily paper schedule? Yes, I do actually. Um, you know, there's been, there's been some reports about some cruise lines sort of like, you know, not giving it to you unless you specifically ask for it. And obviously they're all making the move toward apps. And on the one hand, I understand it. Cruise lines are, are working hard to be to, towards sustainability. You know, they're getting rid of plastic straws. They're, they're reducing, you know, the amount of laundry that they do. Obviously, that's a lot of paper. But I would suggest 
reducing the daily schedule to a broadsheet and stop putting all those advertisements in that none of us look at. You know, what's mm-hmm. the first thing you do when you get that? You know, you get the you get the on Norwegian, it's the freestyle daily and it's a, a bifold and you open it up and there's like 10 sheets of paper in there that are like, you know, jewelry ads and, and whatever. Get rid of that crap. Nobody looks at that. But, but keep but don't get rid of our daily paper. You're right. We've gone so far off topic. Yeah, totally. So with that said, I'm going to say final thoughts of Norwegian Jim. Gorgeous ship. I'm already looking at booking basically the same itinerary again for next year. Um, It's an older ship, yes, so it's not going to have the bells and whistles. You're going to have to find ways to keep your kids and teenagers entertained because there's not a – you know, this isn't a ship with flow riders and zip lines and all that to keep them entertained, but – it's a it's a great ship and uh, one of my one of my favorites. I have to say, if you're taking a small kid on a ten night cruise, they're probably going to be pretty well behaved anyway, right? I would assume so. Yeah. yeah, the 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 few young young kids we saw were were really yeah they were they were they were kids who clearly had been brought up traveling. You know, the kind of kid mm-hmm. who's who by the time they're three has been more places than I've been in fifty five <laughs> right. years. Platinum by age nine. Right, right. They got their own little card. Yeah. The concierge knows them by name. <laughs> Been talking with Richard Sims about his 10 night cruise on Norwegian Jim out of Manhattan, deep into the Southern Caribbean. Thank you, man. Anytime. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.